1: The following podcast was originally recorded as a live stream for YouTube on January 10th, 2021, and has been edited slightly to account for the fact that you can't see what's going on. Proceed at your own risk. Hey folks, uh, we are live now with the Just Another Fanboy live stream. This is me, your host, Stephen. How's everybody doing? I have a, another special guest, I seem to say that every single week because I'm always so excited about the people that I have on, but today we're talking to singer, songwriter, musician, all around swell fella, Kyle Stevens, also known as Kirby Crackle. How's it going?
2: How are you, man? Thanks for having me. Good. How are you? Doing all right. We've made breakfast for the ladies. Going to make nerd talk for you.
1: Right on. It's a good day. You just, you just went out. Oh. You did hold on. Let me see if I can unmute you. Your mic is not connected. Real good. It's saying that your mic is not connected for some reason. You can hear him? Okay. Yeah, it says your uh, mic is not connected. It was connected, and now it is no longer connected. Can, right can can you hear me? Cuz I can't I can't hear you. Check check 1 2. There we go. There we go. Now we got you. Can, I can hear you. Now can you I can't hear me? Hear you. Now you can't hear me. That's weird. Hmm. That's it. Because I can hear you. Check, check. You can't hear. We're going to figure this out. This is live stream, baby. This is what happens when we go live. I can hear you. Thank you. Thank awesome, you. awesome. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry about that. No, that's what happens when we live
2: stream. <laughs> it is. Got to keep it exciting. I know. That hasn't happened to me yet uh, in, t- in 2021. So we got that out of the way. Now. That's, well, all
1: right. Yeah. Early enough in the <laughs> year. Get that out of the way. Never happen again. The rest Never, of the year. ever, ever. So I wanted to mention real quick, uh I it, something kind of funny happened to me today. I was when I was getting ready for this, I had put on my Kirby Crackle playlist and the very first song that came up was Cozy Pants O'Clock. Oh yeah. And it's 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 one of my favorites. And I remember after that album came out, that was like what, 2013. Yeah. And yeah. I would yeah, I would come home from work and I would um We'd we'd do dinner, we'd get all the stuff done that we needed to do during the evening. And once all the responsibilities were done, I would literally tell my wife, it's Cozy Pants o'clock. Oh, nice. But now it's just Cozy Pants o'clock all the time.
2: It's, It's Cozy Pants 24 7. That's right. And do you even really need to wear pants?
1: Well, I well, got yeah. the, the family doesn't want to see me walking around with no pants on.
2: I think that's like the last line of 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 mystique in a relationship in this past yes. year, right? Where where you could not wear pants, there's no one saying you have to, but you want to stay your best dressed. Yes. With cozy pants. That that counts yes. as formal wear, I think, at this That's form. right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so, how are you holding up during the pandemic? You know, man. Uh, my wife and I were just talking about, like, real talk. It was, it was, uh, three months to three months, and then it's month to month, a week to week, and it's day by day, brother. Like, to be honest, uh, taking care of a four-year-old full time. Yeah. Uh, big lessons to be learned in um, knowing when to say I need a break. Knowing uh, being in the moment. I think that's one of the biggest gifts of this time. Is should we all learn to live to be in a moment this much more? I think that's a real positive thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just made my, my wife and my daughter and I and our dog like just really um, bonded in a new way. And that's, that's a real good thing because, I mean, all of us in our homes, we've been through the trenches together. Right. And it's like I just think uh, it's very fascinating to see. and I don't think we'll really know till years from now, really how this all changed us. Yeah. In, in many ways. How about you? What, what do you guys how is this week for you? It's been well. Well, this week is shitty. But.
1: Yeah, it's been a pretty weird week. It's been <laughs> yeah. pretty crazy. Um, yes, but has. as far as as far as the the being home with the family, it's it's fine. You know, I'm one of those folks, and I'm a very uh, I'm typically pretty antisocial in the first place. So mm. for me to be home all the time and not have to talk to folks and go out and be among people, it's. Pretty much my idea of heaven. Now, my wife oh, yeah. is very social. Okay. Um, so it's, she's, she has a tough time with it every now and then, but, um, we're hanging in there. I think this is a real test when it comes to relationships and families and couples and oh, having yeah. to be somewhat forced to be together. It's like you said, you, you either
2: bond or it goes the wrong way. And so far, it's, it's going the right way. That's great. And that's good to hear. So I, I find I find it uh, surprising that you feel like you're not a social person because I, I feel like you're very social or this is this is your well, this, this is, is your lane. This is your lane yeah. that you choose it. To, to yeah, be so. this is different. Ho- I hold on you. just a second.
0: Um, I don't know how to send messages through it or whatever. But will you please let people know that we are intentionally keeping up our Christmas tree? Okay, as long as we want to remind ourselves of non material blessings throughout the year. It's not because we lazy.
1: If nobody heard that, yes, the Christmas tree is still up. On we purpose. we've left it up on purpose to,
0: to remind us of
1: our non-material blessings.
2: To remind hell us yeah. of our
1: non-material blessings, that's yes, hell yeah, and also
2: we need all the joy we can get, and if that means exactly. Christmas twenty four seven, that's what it means. I think. Mm-hmm. Now, do you? I agree. So, uh <clears throat> you? I mean. Just physically it looks like
1: you've just embraced the quarantine cuz you were like this fresh-faced young man and now
2: you're got the long hair, got the beard. Now, now I'm a broken dad. I was a broken dad. <laughs> I was a broken dad before but now my inside, now my yeah. outside looks like my inside. No, uh yeah, I don't know. I just um I just like so much time went by where I didn't get a haircut. Yeah. And I'm just like, let's just see what happens. Uh so yeah, it's so the longest I've ever had my hair in my life and the beard is like I'm day to day on that, too, but I'm just going. I keep as mentally and physically we're in the bonus rounds of bonus rounds now, I think. So what what exists out in the nebulous ether? Let's keep chasing that. Yeah. Um, I also do uh, I do weddings for um, for corporate events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know if they want this guy showing up, but that's who they're going to get. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's there's no rules, baby.
1: Nice. <laughs> so let's let's talk about Kirby Crackle for a yeah. second. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> First of all, how did you how did you get into music? How was music introduced into your life? What made you want to? I guess I'm assuming you picked up a guitar first. That was your
2: first thing, or yeah, um, I I've said in, in podcasts often that I didn't like music when I grew up. You know, I don't I don't know why. I just wasn't into it. I think uh, you know, I kind of had I, I was you know I had a lot of uh, my dad left when I was little, so it was just like not like a happy little dude, right, mm-hmm. for a long time, and and I just wasn't really into pop music. I don't know. Like, pop music wasn't really the thing that communicated to me. And, and, um, that was something that my mom played all the time. But then, you know, when I was like tw- 11, 12, 13 is when the Seattle kind of grunge scene hit, Seattle music scene. And for whatever reason, that clicked to me of I love those sounds. I like the visuals that I saw. And I wanted to um, I wanted to try guitar because I was I was of the age where a lot of other dudes I was doing sports with were getting a lot bigger than I was earlier. And they were getting a lot faster and would throw the ball harder. And I was just like way out of my comfort zone. Like sports was just something that I just did, like kind of every American kids just kind of pushed to do because that's the. Path of least resistance, I guess, in activities, yeah. right? Or yeah. it was in like the mid 80s. And so um, my uncle gave me my first guitar and I was just hooked. I felt like, you know, that's something I could do. that's something that felt like it was mine to me. Yeah.
1: Nice. And so then how did uh,
2: Kirby Crackle <laughs> come to be? Uh, Kirby Crackle came to be after I was in a band from 13 to 24 called Layman's Terms um, in Seattle. And we were kind of like the the big all-ages Seattle band kind of around here. We'd play bars before um, before you were even allowed to be in bars, right? Well, like, we played bars like, when we were like 18 years old. They'd bring us in right when it was time to play and make us leave right afterwards and bring all our gear out. So I did that for a long time. I was always into comics, and um, but I always like put little like superhero references in my songs that were just for me. Yeah. And then when that band broke up when I was 24, I dabbled in some other stuff, but I really thought about what if you could make songs about superheroes that weren't at least in my opinion, the definition of cheesy, right? Like mm-hmm. not, a, not a joke, but taking what I wish I could do if I was a comic book artist or a comic book writer and put that in what I felt I could do music and lyrical form. So yeah. that's, that's kind of how that became. And it was just like this kind of uh, one-off really fun laser focused experiment on the first record. And I wasn't even thinking about the second record at all. Uh, and then when the first record did more in what like 3 months than any of my music had ever done in terms of getting it out there in years prior that I just decided that okay I'm all in on this.
1: Yeah, I mean you found a niche that not a lot of people were doing. Um, you know, being a, a nerd myself, whenever I would come across just a rock and roll song that mentioned Superman or Batman or anything, it's like it just blew my mind. It was the coolest thing. I did, do you um do you remember the Spin Doctors song Pocket Full of Kryptonite? Yeah that yeah, just, I look like I that like, guy now. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes. you do Doing the spin doctors guy dance. Um, but yeah, I think you, you just kind of found something that people were wanting and weren't getting. Hmm. And, uh, you, it's like, it's like one of those things, you got to kind of be in the right place at the right time. You got to find what people are, you got to, it's, it's almost like you got to predict what people want and then just give it to them. And, and, uh, most people kind of stumble on that.
2: Yeah. I wish, I wish I could say I predicted it. I just, I just did what kind of, I think it was the right place, right time for me you know, to to do it. And then I feel like if that communicated that to other people who were in that right place to receive it, then that's how I think maybe it worked out Yeah, in a way. Because it was, I mean, it, it shows, and I know this, but I don't consciously think it all the time. I, I should do it more that if you do what is really like just kind of working for you, right, in terms of your artistic vision, and you're like, I don't care about making anyone happy with this. This is just about me and how my fulfillment artistically might work out with it. Then I think that translates, of course, more than anything you could do to be pandering. If that makes sense.
1: No. Yeah, yeah, totally. So that first album, the, this just called Kirby crackle, is that, um, is there an actual band on that album or is that, are those like electronic drums and
2: those are electronic drums. That was all done in garage band. So if anyone, if anyone wonders if garage band is just kind of like, you know, too simple, like that whole thing was just done in garage band in my studio uh in seattle and the band at that time before i got the live band was myself and my then business partner jim demonacos who of course people know from the early kirby crackle albums um, he ran emerald city comic-con forever um, and now he does uh the spin rack products that he has and also oh, yeah dabbles in other shows um so that was he and i just like laughing and sitting around writing lyrics and and he always wanted to dabble in the music world, and I always wanted to be a part of the comic world officially. So that was our, our Venn diagram crossover <laughs> nice. um, of, of how we, of how we um, you know, happily and voluntarily used each other's skills in yeah. that way. Nice. And so you're,
1: now, did you say you're in the Seattle area? Yeah. Nice. I was, uh, I used to be a musician, okay. uh, by say, in my previous life, because uh, um, I haven't played in a long time, but between... 86 and 2002 i was a drummer oh cool um but i've I, you know it's it's like i've never been able to sit down and just say you know what i'm just gonna do an album by myself yeah. and the nice thing about but back then i mean you could if you knew how to play all the instruments but nowadays it's it's a lot easier i mean let's let's just jump ahead one of your last albums i, I think it was your last album the Sub- suburban hearts mm-hmm that was that that's just all acoustic. Was that just you just sitting in your studio, just playing and singing?
2: Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was me. I had I had a slow year financially with Kirby Crackle where I, I was wanting to do another record. But financially, like going to the big studio wasn't working out. And so I, that was again, that was something that I could say just falls into the just for me category. Where yeah. I had all these songs that uh, <clears throat> that maybe I wanted to take to the band or some things I wanted to say that weren't necessarily comic related. And fall into the category of people know my music of like parachute or, or open up your window or needing a miracle, stuff Mm -hmm. like that, that I feel like people um, have received and maybe now come to expect as part of the Kirby Crackle catalog, where it's not all nerdy stuff. It's also about life. As we get older, of course, it's not all about nerdy stuff. It's about life. So that was just a whole record about life. Um, and yeah, it was just one acoustic, one guitar, a lot of times just like a single pass and purposefully not wanting to put a lot of instrumentation on it to just say, okay, what's the most raw, raw, raw thing I could do? And actually written, um, you know, a lot of times you do a record and you figure out, well, how are you going to perform this? So what I did is I booked my CD release show, which is not something you usually want to do in case, you know, something bad happens and you don't get them in time or your album doesn't come out in time. I booked that and I gave myself the goal. So I knew it was just going to be me on stage. So let's write songs just for that experience. And it was kind of like this one-off, here you go, enjoy it. It's a little different, but it's there for you guys.
1: Nice. It's a good album. You know, it's one of those albums that when I was a kid, I probably would have, you know, when I was a teenager, I probably would have went, Psh, acoustic. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But, you know, you listen to, I listen to it and it's just, it's, it's really good. It's, it's a... Uh, There's something about the sound of just an acoustic guitar that Mm. just really, it kind of digs in deep and just takes a hold of something inside of me. Mm. Just even the sound of the fingers just sliding up and down that squeaky sound up and yeah. down the strings. That's yeah. just, I just love that. Just love it so much.
2: Thanks. Man. Um, I love that. I love that too. And, and my producer who does my records for me, usually he says, you know, you could have done that here and I could have taken the squeak out. I was like, no, I want everything. Yeah. Like, you can hear like a door closing in the background on yeah. some songs. And, and that was just an exercise in letting go. Yeah. You know? And d- before we move on, may I dare say that I think you're still a musician because if, you were at one point. You always are. You know, yeah. if, you pick, if you pick up the sticks, you know that's always a part of you, Uh, and it's there for you should you choose to to do it. But I still can't use a rocker, so. Thank you,
1: thank you. <laughs> Though I will say, uh, a couple of years ago, because my my youngest, she is in the high school band, or at least she was when they were actually attending school. Cool. Um, and we went in for a parent teacher conference, and they had a drum set set up in the in the band room, and they were like, "Go play, go play." And like, I haven't I haven't sat behind a set in fifteen years, and I sat down, and it's like. It's like I could do it. Give me an hour, and it'll all come back to me. But just jumping behind it, it was not the same as as it used to be. But
2: yeah, he's pretty. Get the weird. neurons reconnected, yeah. and Everything, everything yeah. back in there, and then it'd all be unlocked for you.
1: It's like the the muscles knew what they were supposed to do, but they weren't quite sure how to do it yet, just yeah. yet. So yeah. Um. So oh, here, here's a VH1's Kirby Crackle Unplug.
2: Kirby Crackle Unplug. I love the Unplug series, man. I yeah. I just watched the Alison Chains one the other day. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. A good, um, well, I got chills thinking about that. Uh, Live, you remember that band Live? I do. Yeah, they had an amazing Unplugged. Um, that was the first time I saw someone playing with rods, you know? And um, and just, uh, yeah, really a lot of cool stuff came out of that series. Lots.
1: That's my, that's my stepdaughter. Hi, Mary. <laughs> Hi, Mary. She goes by Abby. Hi, Abby. So, um, um, yeah, I just recently watched Pearl Jam on Unplugged. And that was amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, that's some good stuff. So the Kirby Crackle band, when you actually have a band, when you're playing live, when you're in the studio, those yeah. are, are they all the same guys every
2: time? Um, the first, so you think the first record's just me. The second record, I played everything except uh, the bass. No, I'm sorry, I played the bass. I didn't do the drums or the keyboard. Then Super Powered Love, Sounds Like You, Mutate Baby, are all the same guys. Um, and then I have an entirely new group of people since then. There's been some overlap. Like yeah. We had a second guitar player for a while because I just wanted to do the front man thing and, and get better at that and explore that. Um, and then my lead guitar, Patrick, um, got a little too busy. And then CJ stepped into his parts and I went back to my parts. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a good group of guys who always kind of have been around, who know each other, who are friends, that kind of thing. So shout them
1: out. Who's, who's all in the, the Kirby Crackle band at this point?
2: Yeah, so it's uh, Jeff Gall. Uh, He's on um, uh, Instagram at Jeff Gall Music. CJ Stout, who's my guitar player. And he's uh, become uh, kind of like a a bigger name on Twitch lately, which is cool, under a pile of pedals. It's him just making like meditative loop sounds for hours on a pedals. Uh, And then um, Joe Malcolm is on bass. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So they're my dudes. And we haven't practiced in a year, man. Like, I think this week was our last practice because our, our last show was last January at the triple door with an orchestra.
1: So you guys recently just got together and had
2: a practice. No, no, I'm sorry. Oh. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, we could like go a year, year ago. I'm a sorry. Year ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, we, and that's, the. I mean, I've been rocking since I was 13 and that's the longest I've gone. I mean, I think like three weeks is the longest I've ever gone without a band practice since I was 13 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. You know? So it's crazy no, I, shit.
1: I remember those days, three nights a week going out to going out to band practice.
2: Yeah. So and that's how you get good. Right. I mean, that's, oh, a, yeah. that's how you get tight. It's, it's very clear who practices and who doesn't practice.
1: Yeah. We and, used to share space with a local band that would only practice the hour before they had a show to play. They would, <laughs> if, if we were in their practice and they'd come bang on the door, Hey, do you guys care if we run through our set real quick, we got a show tonight.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah
1: that's that's fine.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, I've got some nerd music peers who I won't throw to the bus who I know do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Stresses me out. I'm like, guys. but guys, <laughs> but it always works out. Right yeah.
1: So now, with the whole quarantine and everything, yeah. since you said you haven't practiced or played a show in, in a year, in the meantime, you've been doing this little thing called the Quarantine Cast.
2: I was doing that for a while, yeah.
1: Now, did you, because the last time I looked, because you're on my my YouTube subscription, but it looked like the last one said something about you've moved over to Twitch.
2: Yeah, I, I, I was doing that you know, I was doing that for about two months and interviewing my friends and I was deep in it. And I, and it, you know, I kind of stopped after George Floyd got murdered just because it felt a little weird to be yeah. self-promoting Self, or, yeah. or or whatever version of that. And no, you know, no, it's not slamming against people that were still doing that. I just didn't feel like it was right for me at the time. Also, um, you know, having full-time daycare of my four-year-old, was really starting to get a little more intense yeah. and it was just kind of an exercise and well I could keep this up but I know I'm going to crash and burn and I, don't, and I don't know how long we have left for this so now I stream on Twitch two days a week at 3 p.m. on, uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays and that's like playing songs, um, talking talking stories. I'll, I'll show you this. We've been reading from the, uh, the Rick Ross autobiography Nice every day. Uh, for about ten minutes each time. So, you know, just kind of like free form and yeah. kind of kind of a come as you are hang. Cool. Yeah. So your four year old. Yeah. Is she a Kirby Crackle fan? Um she is starting to be like she she'd been to see me at conventions before and when I play, she's like, That's my dad, you know, but she didn't really get like what I do. But now like she has to listen to booty do math or roll over. She was singing "Booty Do Math" the other day, which was pretty fun. Like that was like a yeah. special thing for me. I hadn't I experienced bet. that yet. Um, I'm always trying to get her in the studio to record her voice because I noticed her voice is really changing lately, and I want to yeah. to be able to keep these memories. Um, but yeah, the funny. She went to two conventions with me. The funniest one was in Spokane, Washington, um, two years ago, and I was teaching her how to sell CDs. Right, like okay, there's people come up and. They might want to look, but it's not like a high pressure thing. And she's like, what's a high pressure thing? I'm like, well, you know, you just let people listen and they want something to let you know. And so they came up and she, the first thing she says is she goes, you can buy a CD or you can go away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kids are pretty awesome. I was like, hold up, hold up. In some situations you want to say that, but no, that's not, we're not doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my uh, I've got three kids. And mm-hmm. when um, E for Everyone came out, you know, I like to listen to my music in the car, but you got to be kind of selective what you listen to when you mm-hmm. got kids, because my youngest would have been uh, five or six at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I would listen to a lot. Of, I had a, uh, a mix of a lot of uh, nerd music that the the clean nerd music and yeah so i would listen to a lot of kirby crackle in the car and uh one of their favorite songs it's funny it, going home was my youngest daughter's most favorite song for the longest time wow and i don't think she she's, she'd never i mean she was five years old she's never been to a comic book convention Did she didn't understand what it was about but she just yeah. just the, the whenever that song would come on i'd look back in the in the, in the rear view and she'd be back there Playing the drums and
2: oh, singing along and
1: something so about the this melody is, or something. This is a this is a Kirby Crackle household right oh, here thank is, you. is 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 what I'm trying to tell you.
2: Thank um, you. Man, I appreciate that. Coffee is for closers. Coffee is for closers. <laughs> you can buy a CD or you can go away. Yeah, that's, but, uh, and that was a purposeful thing that you know after the first record when we did Teabagged. And then a lot of parents came up to me, they go, Man, I like playing this for my kids. Gotta skip tea bag though every time, just to let you know. Yep. And I yeah. kinda got embarrassed. <laughs> like when, when so many parents told me that, and I, I obviously and I was like 30, so I, I wasn't thinking from the I had enough kids then, so I wasn't thinking from the parental viewpoint of things. Yep. And then when I heard that enough times, I was like, Okay, this is clean. This is all this is all clean from now on. Everyone yeah. can listen to this together. We can throw little winks in there, but but no no blatant uh, lyrical concept
1: it's funny because i re- i wondered about that because I you know the first album I would have a few of those songs in the rotation stuff like um back to the beginning and up up down down and stuff like that but yeah. Yeah, T-Bag was definitely not one of them in the rotation when the kids were in the car. And then I know, then when the second album came out, it was all clean and I thought, I wonder if they did that on purpose. I and and I literally had that thought in my mind that yeah. maybe parents were telling you that we would love to play the whole album in front of the kids, but we can't. It's
2: like, but, come on, man. And it, it was yeah, they were like, come on, man, and also they go, I mean, we like it, but also, you know, so it was uh, yeah, it was a conscious choice on that.
1: Yeah. So, do you have anything new? Are you working on something? I mean, like you said, you haven't gotten together with your band in over a year. But is there plans for a, a new Kirby Crackle album at some point?
2: Yeah, I just talked to my producer the other day, and and um, you know he uh, he was having some people come into his studio for a while, and then it got a little hairy. And he's like, ah, I don't, you know, when when fall hit, he goes, I think I'm done with that. So, you know, I I talk a lot on social media about about how it's important to do the hard work so we can get out of here. Um, and so, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to be an example of that and and not and not, you know, not, not practice what I preach. That right. Way. So, you know, with things I don't think we I don't think we're gonna have a full, full album again until fall probably, I would think. We might start doing some record some remote stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know i've been re- releasing a lot of singles. I have more singles coming out. I'm just trying to put like stuff out there, but as far as like a you know full front to back Jim Food album cover experience uh, as far as an official album, that might be a little bit. but yeah, there's stuff coming out though
1: well, and the nice thing about this day and age is you you can literally do remote recording. You could do an entire album with a full band with people living in different areas in the United States mm-hmm. but there's also that price that you pay where there, there's just something a bit more special about everybody being in the same room yeah. playing that song, even if it's just for the drum track, you know, just to get the drum track down with everybody in the same room playing the song. And then, then you go back and you overdub the guitars and the vocals and all that stuff. But there's,
2: yeah, uh, if we can just get the drums, that's a big deal. Right. Yeah. And that's also hard. Like, unless you have a, a, a studio that's built for that. Um, if you have all the mics, that's just not a situation a lot of people have. So, it's coming and i and I also want to part of me wants to fully go through this experience maybe before we start writing for it even like I want it to be you know in a perfect world at least how I think now, like a definite line in the sand mm-hmm. like this is my thoughts after going through this, not release something that's kind of in the middle of it again yeah. we have some we have some singles coming out that's about the middle of it, but um as far as like a celebratory you know finally being able to do crackle fest fantasy where everyone's there and we're all tight and we can give people the show they deserve. That's, that's something that I'm going to hold, you know, yeah. in here to, to do a certain way. But you're still putting stuff out.
1: You did a quarantine and uh, oh, a yeah. wonderful, I want a social distance with you. That's, <laughs> that's such a great song. And then um, you did your, you still do your yearly Christmas
2: songs. Yep. Yep. Which put is, that out.
1: and in fact, you, you put that out, uh, you put an album out of all your Christmas songs, right?
2: I did. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Um, I'm trapped in a hu- human centipede for Christmas with the worst album cover, uh, ever maybe. Like, <laughs> in terms of Yuletide celebration, yeah. uh, looking a little too happy to be on the front of the centipede. And so, yeah, that was a collection of, of songs from over the years and also Patreon songs that I, that I had put out. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's one that never made it out because it was hit with a copyright tag, even though it didn't, it wasn't violating anything. Um, nerd rocking around the Christmas tree was yeah. going to be on that record. Um, I might put that out, try again at some point. Cause I think it just got tangled up somehow. Uh, but yeah, working on, working on, uh, some new songwriting techniques. I, I'm taking an advanced, advanced songwriter class to learn some new tricks. Um, and so that's been fun and challenging and, and you can kind of have a peer group in there where everyone shows their songs and, and that's kind of for non nerdy stuff, but it's more just about arrangement and, and uh, vibe and melodies and stuff. And did I
1: hear somewhere that um, you write songs for other folks? Where did you have a job at one point where you were writing songs for people? Or
2: I did. Yeah, I worked for a company in Hawaii for a while um, where I uh, I would write stuff for like Hallmark Channel style movies. And that was that was like the year or two before Kirby Crackle started, and like kind of overlapping with that. Um, but that's also kind of what this class is about is about how to pitch songs to other artists. Cause I have a lot of stuff that, that isn't, you know, I like, but doesn't really fit with the Kirby crackle deal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I like to dabble in like, you know, rap tracks kind of, and I like to dabble in, you know, singer songwriter, Indigo girl esque Lilith fair jams. You know, that's kind of what suburban Hearts was for me. yeah uh, And, and also just like full on rock, rock, rock. So part of what I do now when I write Kirby crackle songs, is I look and I say, what, what are the tools that we already have, you know, before, uh, before E for everyone, we didn't have a real, you know, fast song, um, like great lakes Avengers or something like that. So that was like, okay, we need, I want that song. I want to be able to play this song live. I want to have this kind of arc to a show. You know, you don't want to be flat. Yeah. You don't, you want to have peaks and valleys and kind of take people on a journey. So, um, you know, we have so many songs now, and there's only like 15 songs on the set list that you kind of have to pick and choose what you want that to be. So if we're not playing a certain older song as much anymore, I need like a faster song, a new faster song that kind of fit that slot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what I like about you guys. Cause you'll have like a, uh, you'll have songs like North of the wall, mm-hmm. which is just really pounding and in your face. And then you'll have just fricking grandma's house is probably one of my favorite songs. I just, just oh, thanks, love that man. tune. And then you have your, your, well, your ballads. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I can't can't think of the name of that song off of E for Everyone that I love so much. Oh, um, Henchman? Henchman is freaking great, yes. I'm thinking of the ballad, though. What's the ballad? Of the, the, uh, oh, I should know the, this. Uh, <laughs> she makes him want to f- clean his action figure case.
2: Oh, Dusty Cartridges. <laughs> Dusty
1: Cartridges. Yeah. <laughs> love that song. it's so funny and it's just it's just a good it's just a good tune now speaking of e for everyone i remember around the time that that album came out you were trying to start a campaign to get ring capacity during the ending credits of the green lantern movie which didn't work out are you looking back on that are you are you pretty okay with that That song not being at the end of that movie
2: yeah i mean it was funny because jim and i went to go see it uh my ex Partnered Kirby Crackle, Jim Demonakos, and I went to go see it at, a, at the theater together, an afternoon show. And by the end, we looked at each other. We're like, okay, good thing that didn't <laughs> – not a good thing, but it, we weren't stoked about the movie. And granted, when I look back on it now, it's like I'd like to watch it again. I haven't seen it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. But, you know, now the fantasy is who do I know at – you know, who is nobody? I need to figure it out. But who do I know at HBO to to work out that miniseries? Uh, yeah. And, and again, it's like I'm also aware that – the trend right now for shows like that isn't to put pop music really in them. Right. It's like a lot of stuff is orchestrated and, and epic sounds, but I don't know. Maybe the circle's coming around again, man. Maybe they need a, yeah, maybe I mean, a pop rock song.
1: Look at some, I mean, you think of movies now like, uh, like guardians of the galaxy or, yep. um, suicide squad. They were, I think suicide squad tried a little hard with their, with their, uh, pop music influences, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I think there's still room there. I think I think you guys still got a shot.
2: Yeah, thank you. I feel like I feel like that song still has life. I feel like a lot of these songs, even though they're like, you know, five, six years old, have 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 life. So, well, yeah, uh,
1: ring capacity is there's nothing about that song that's going to get old because it's it does the, it's a it's you know, it's an evergreen. It's cool. you're just touching on the basics of who Green Lantern is. And uh, none of that's changed.
2: Yeah. That's not going to change. Right. That's, that's the goal is like, what's the root of the character? Not, you know, the the goal has has always been not what is the new costume, you know, that's going to change. But like, what's the, what's the meat and potatoes basic ass DNA of this, right?
1: What's the the new costume? How can we tell the same origin story? Just slightly different, Yeah. you know, but it's, it's all the same. It's all the same stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so you're, like I said, you're still putting out, you're still doing singles. You, you, did you say you've kind of stopped the quarantine cast or you're just, what you're doing on Twitch is a little different or? Yeah.
2: It, on Twitch, it's not so much special guests. It's just kind of like more music and hangs and free form. Um, yeah. I had I haven't done the quarantine cast since June. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I just had to take a break and then, and then it kind of really had to think about what did I want to do? I think for me uh, and for a lot of artists, when it became clear, this is a long-term situation. I kind of wanted to take a step back and look and say, what's going to sustain me? What is doable both physically and mentally for this nebulous amount of time yeah. that we have? And so for me right now, that takes place in the, in the Twitch sphere. Um, but, you know, I pop into YouTube and, and Facebook and stuff and still do, uh, still do stuff there from time to time. The goal of Twitch was to get everyone into one space. Mm-hmm. Um, and though, you know, a lot of people have who are watching on Facebook and YouTube have moved to Twitch I was just talking with my guitar player who's very successful on Twitch about this. Uh, it's like not everyone has because it's just asking for another thing, too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm aware of that, too. It's yeah. like people don't want, necessarily want to sign up for a whole other thing. And um, and so that's why I still, you know, go to YouTube and Facebook and, and check in.
1: Yeah, right now I can't watch Twitch on my TV. Mm. I, can watch, I can watch YouTube on my TV.
2: Yep, yep, yep. Can't can get that Twitch out there on the TV. Yeah, I think, I mean, the only time I... The only thing I hear about when people watch their TV is for Apple TV, but also the, the UI is an interesting experience with that. Yeah. Into the lantern verse. Into the lantern verse, yes. Let's all step in. <laughs> I'm stoked about Oscar Isaac as uh as Moon Knight though. So I wore this today to yeah. contribute to that. I think that's awesome. Yeah,
1: I think that's gonna be pretty sweet. Looking forward to that. And then we've got, of course, coming up right away, we got Vision, WandaVision starting yeah. is that nuts? next 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 week.
2: Fifteenth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm i I got I'm excited, man. I think it's just gonna be weird and different enough. I mean, all the reviews I read is people like, oh, they pulled this off too. Who knew?
1: Yeah, I've heard it's basically a nine hour movie. Mm. You put it all together and it's basically a nine hour movie, which kinda has me a little excited. Yeah. So what
2: are what are you nerding over right
1: now? What's got your little nerd heart fluttering?
2: What am I nerding over? I bought the um I bought the absolute wildcats uh big trade from Image off Amazon the other day. Um Hmm, it's over there. It's just it's thick. It's like this big book, uh, yeah. just kind of you know, Wildcats one through um, one through ten, I think, uh, from Image Comics in the early nineties. If people don't know what that is, Jim one of Jim Lee's, well, Jim Lee's first book, right after yep. after leaving Marvel. Uh, and then there's also like five issues of Cyberforce in there, which I didn't know, hmm. so I was really excited about that. I've That's kind of crazy. been going, I've kind of been trying to go back to like the roots of like what really got me excited about comics. Yeah. Um, and that's a time that really got me excited. Like I'm trying to, as we, as we're going through this moment and as we're stepping out of the moment, I'm trying to really refine what I like about Kirby crackle, and what I want to do. And I know it came from that place. So sometimes yeah. I'll go back to things that were influential to me or, or, or really made me excited to kind of tap into that thing again, to see if I've got all the juice out of, you know, <laughs> subject a, um, but I finished the Viking series. If you ever watched that on, um, oh, what channel was that? It
1: was a history, history channel. History, show. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And my wife and I have been watching that since day one. And that's one of our favorite shows. So that just wrapped up on Amazon prime. Um, and if no one's seen that, if you've been interested, that's one of my favorite shows of all time.
1: I've seen uh, the first few seasons. I keep yeah. meaning to get back to it. I, I need to get back to it. Cause yeah, it is really enjoyable.
2: It is. And there's a lot of like, you know, it's not a spoiler, but there's time jumps. And that's where I think a lot of people, just like what you said, they watch it for a few seasons and maybe think like, okay, it's going to be more of this, but it gets freaked out and it's yeah. really cool. Uh, so I highly recommend that. Um, just been really trying to get into production lately. Like I've been nerding out about learning how to write different kinds of beats. Um, I've been gaming a lot more than I have in years, which I think that's a lot of us who now have been doing that. Yeah. Um so I got Watch Dogs Legion. I really like that. Um, that's a really different experience. Um Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, that kind of ties into the whole Vikings thing for me, so that's fun. And uh with the uh what was that Marvel Ultimate Three on Switch, Ultimate Alliance Three. Have you played those games before? No, I'm not really a gamer.
1: Okay. I'm I'm one of those guys that uh well, first of all, I can't really afford it. Yeah. Um okay. and also if I could I, my family would probably never see me. That's just yeah. all, that's all I would do. And so
2: yeah. know, know thyself. Right. I have a <laughs> lot of friends like that. They're yeah. like, they're like, I just can't, I know, yeah. I know it's going to take over everything. Yeah. To me, that's my little escape lately. That's my, that's my downtime. Yeah. Um, so, and that's cool because I think when I, when I started being able to do music full time, that took away a lot f- from my gaming time. Right. And now with that kind of on hold to a degree, it it opens up different paths. Yeah. You, you still play every day though, right? You play your guitar. Oh yeah. Yeah. I play guitar and write all the time. I guess when I say practice, I'm referring to, um, with the dudes, you know, and like you said, there's, there's nothing. I mean, I know this time has really made that feel very, very valuable to me. I mean, I always felt it was valuable, but it's, it's taken a new place of like, you know, we, we have zoom band meetups every once in a while and we all talk individually, but the, the new thought is, you know the fantasy of what it's going to be like to play that first show again, and then realize that we have this toy. You know that maybe we just knew was always there and didn't really um, uh, didn't really f- take fully to heart of what it was. But I think we all know this thing that we have together now that we can't wait to share again and just have fun with. Like it's just this it's gonna be really fun. This is uh, my daughter speaking on my my gaming ability. Trying to play Mario. But stop because it was too hard. Hey, brother, me too. I've never beat Mario Brothers. I got I was getting frustrated. I was getting angry. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like it's when 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 you die for the upteenth time and your first instinct is to throw the controller across the room, it's time to walk away.
2: Yeah. It's I, time to walk away. I have to be very aware of that with me. Yeah. My, my wife's like, I have never seen you sometimes more mad in your life than you are games. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. That goes but, back that goes
1: back. That's how they make them though. They have freaking (laughs) psychologists and whatnot that work for the game company and they make them that way on purpose. So it's frustrating to get through a level, but once you do, you get those freaking dopamine endorphins that just secrete your brain and you're so, I'm ready for the next level. And then, yeah. yeah. So um, now we have, I know we've got a couple of people watching right now so if uh-huh. you if anybody has any questions for kyle now's your time to ask him
2: Now's the time
1: because he's never going to ask and answer another question once once we're done here ever. <laughs> ever no more no more questions ever
2: all questions are off the table until
1: tomorrow so you you said you're still playing you're still writing um yeah. what comes
2: first for you the the music or the lyrics um that would be the music usually you know and that's kind of uh, here, I, I got a guitar. I got this all tuned up just in case cool. we had to do something here. I'll show you. Um, so, like, um, I don't know. what's so, What song? And then hopefully I can play what song you're talking about.
1: Oh, good Lord. Don't put me on the spot.
2: Or, or Dusty Cartridges, right? You're there you about go. Dusty yeah. Cartridges. Okay. So that, would, that just started with me just kind of going. And then usually when songwriting happens, it's just like trying to get a melody right so it's like right you kind of figure it out and you know as this guy who's teaching this class was talking about that's just from years of listening to music that's not that's not like let me just write out these melodies that mathematically are correct or work in a scale it's just kind of like what kind of feels cool and then you can always go back and you can try a different melody but you know you know, 99% of the time, nothing is going to be better than the first thing you came up with. Cause that kind of comes from that source place. And then when you get your brain involved is when it gets all messed up, you know, it's gotta, you know, it's like, like James Brown talked about, he goes, I don't play music from here. I play music from here. Right. So that's, that's, it's a, it's a real thing. Like that's what connects to people. Uh, I don't know if Dusty Cartridge is from here, but it's uh, you <laughs> it, it, I mean, you like it, so it's good. Well, yeah,
1: when uh, back when I was playing, you know, we one of the bands I was in, you know, every practice, you know, maybe our guitar player would come in and he'd say, "Hey, I got this, I got this riff," and he'd play through the riff, and then the the bass player would play along. I'd play along, and then before you knew it, we 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 had a song. Yeah. And then our singer would he would yeah he. Of course, he's not going to just write lyrics on the fly. So he'd literally just, as the song's playing, as we're playing the instruments, he'd just start belting out a melody, just, you know, and then we'd he'd record it on tape and then go home and write lyrics to it.
2: So. Yeah. I think that's the way a lot of people do it. And, and also that gives you the chance to see, I mean, you don't want to be, and then, sorry, then you write lyrics to those sounds, right? And you see like where the space is or, or where yeah. can you, where can you, you know, and songwriting say like, where do you trim the fat? Right. Like, like, is your verse too long? Okay. Do you really need to have three choruses? You know, and that will also change the lyrics and stuff. That's been a big part of, I feel like my songwriting involvement over the past five years, maybe is what needs to be there versus what do you want to be there? Yeah. Right. Like, like maybe you have, you know, I don't know, there's no real way to show it on guitar at the moment, but how to. uh Maybe you want to go back to the chorus again because you like it. But it's like, does the listener need to hear that? Yeah. Are they going to be like, all right, I'm done. Or do they want to go back and listen to it again? Right? It's,
1: like, it's the same thing even if, because uh, I also do some, do some writing. I've written a couple books and they, they oh, use cool. the term when people talk about writing, it's, they say, uh, you have to be willing to kill your babies. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you wrote a chapter that you love doesn't mean yeah. it needs to be in the book. No, and so yeah, same thing. Just because you want to go back to that third cor- that chorus for the third time doesn't mean that it should be there. So you have to be willing to take that stuff out for mm-hmm. the for the betterment of the song.
2: And that's hard to do because there's ego wrapped up in that, yeah. right? I mean, there's all those things. That's that's been a that's been a learning experience for me with my dudes. Is that I mean, even since I was thirteen, it's just this thing I always have to keep myself in check about. Where if there's three people telling me. That I need to relook at something. Yeah. They're not trying to be assholes. You know, they're, they know it's not what I want to hear. Yeah. But it also shows like a level of caring, right? You want to have people that care enough to challenge something that, that you're working on. Yeah. Um, or like a lyric could be better, or if they want you to push yourself and sing it higher or sing it lower. Um, and that's part of, you know, circling back again to the live practice thing. That's so much of that stuff is done right there. When you're sending tracks back and forth, you miss those real time engagements where maybe someone hits a wrong note, but you like, go, oh, that was cool shit. Like, do that. Do that again. Something that people would have never thought about if yeah. you didn't have that immediate reaction. So, you know, like live streaming technology, the what we have it's so amazing and it's made this time more tolerable, right? But as you and I know, as good as this is, as much fun as we're having, if we were in the same room, it'd be even better. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, that's I agree. The, and that's the thing that I think that technology is always trying to show us we don't need, but at least to me is abundantly clear that we do, especially yeah. after this past year. I mean, if there's ever been a sign, it's, you know, what's, what, what ain't fully broke is still working. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's like, Technology is showing us too. Technology can bring us closer together, but it can also show us that there's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. This is a good bridge,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but eventually we we still need the face to face. Here's a here's a question from one of the viewers: Is the CD format dead?
2: Mm. That is a question I ask myself every time when it's time to print up a new record. Uh, vinyl seems to be coming back.
1: That seems to be a, vinyl, a popular yeah. thing.
2: But <laughs> yep, I think the the king of physical media or uh, a distribution model for my money right now is vinyl and a download card. Yeah, because I feel like. I feel like Kirby Crackle's gotten away with CDs for a while still because it's a piece of physical medium, right? And our people nerds like a physical thing, right? We want to print and we want to book. So for years, my friends and local bands were like, how are you still, still selling CDs? And I'm like, well, it's because it just goes with the deal. It goes with the territory. But I think, you know, even, I don't know if you're experiencing this, I am. And I hear friends like, as you get older too, you just don't want to have so much stuff.
0: Right? yes
2: yeah and it's you'll be very a little more picky and choosy about prints or books that you get um to not have it fully take over your life <laughs> so yeah so i i try to provide all avenues for people but i think the cd is still king in terms of sound quality um but i think there will always be people that want them but i mean i know it's easier to fire up my record on our phone as well as you do yeah
1: yeah yeah it's like it's like dvd or streaming if I've got a if I've got a movie on DVD, but it's also on Netflix, it's going to look better if I put the DVD in. But who who wants to go through all that bother? Get up, get the DVD out, put it in the DVD player. You know, just hit the remote control and get it up on Netflix. So,
2: yeah, it's yeah. It's, I wish there was a way to have both. I mean, yeah. you can't have both, but yeah. it's a it's more it's but, a whole other thing.
1: But you're right about our people. The the yeah. the, the nerd fan. You know, especially if you have. Uh, a cd that features artwork from somebody like a like a jim Mafood, you know it's it's not just a, a, a cd it's it's a piece of art and yeah. they can you know you can display it there's so much of us and and you're right the older you get you kind of realize you've just got too much stuff but you know we buy the physical stuff and we put it up on a shelf and we say this is who i am this is yeah. you know these books these cds these albums this is who i am and so yeah i get it
2: yeah, yeah. i agree and it and I go back and forth all the time. I mean, I look at my comic book rack right now as we're talking about what am I into, and it's there's a very definite cutoff date of a year of physical books. Yeah, right. And yep. so, yeah, might have to look at that at some point. But yeah, you don't you don't want that necessarily, I think, to be a representation of here, here's who I am until this year. <laughs> yeah, you know. So,
1: what are you into comic book wise?
2: Um, I'm reading. I, I kind of live on Marvel Comics Unlimited. Yeah, uh, and you know the the Hickman. X-Men stuff, I'm still open to. It hasn't been my favorite, but that's been kind of really what I've been diving into. Um, really taking a look at a lot of independent stuff lately. Finally finished Walking Dead all the way. Um, and I haven't picked up very many new titles lately. It's kind of going back, like I said earlier, like what what is appealing? What was appealing to me at the beginning of my fandom that kind of yeah. led to where I am now? So kind of doing soul searching of a lot of books from that time. Like Just been reading a lot of Chris Claremont stuff. Um, he had a book come around, come out around the time of the first X-Men stuff called First Flight and Grounded. I don't know if anyone knew about that. Uh, so I started picking that back up again. Um, yeah, just kind of going back and checking out the early 90s stuff, all the image stuff. They have a great documentary on uh, Hulu, I think it is, or YouTube, excuse me, if people haven't seen that yet about the first uh, the image years. Yes. And how those guys were rock stars. It was amazing. I yeah. thought that was just, I, I was glued, man.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I got a couple more questions here from our viewers. What nerd parenting advice do you have? Read kids' comics right away or wait? Mm, Good
2: question. I can you tell you first. you go first. Because
1: <laughs> my my oldest is 18 and yeah. I was reading comics to him right away. Uh-huh. And he really seemed to dig them. You know, he would he loved I had a, a copy of Crisis on Infinite Earths and he mm-hmm. would just pour over that thing. He could he could barely read, but he loved the pictures. Yeah. I read through most of uh John Byrne's Fantastic Four run with him cool. and stuff like that. But uh he doesn't read comics now. So mm-hmm. my my two girls didn't introduce them right away to comics and uh they i got one who reads comics but she's mostly uh she's she reads a lot of manga um but you know it's my thought is if you've got something to read to the kid read to the kid regardless of what it is the more you read to your child the the more your kid's probably going to be into reading Mm -hmm. and the more well-rounded the kid's going to be
2: yeah i agree just having the having the opportunity right to digest those things Mm -hmm. i um you know, again, my daughter's four, so we're starting about that. We we went to the comic shop a lot before everything hit, and she was starting to get into My Little Pony a little bit and just having something physical that she can mess up the pages with. You know, like, yeah. I'm not going to let her hang out in the room with the Wildcats. <laughs> to, you know? yeah. I'm like, you must put on gloves before you touch this. <laughs> so, but, uh she really likes the, um, the Marvel superhero squad. And that's yeah. if you're aware of that, like that, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, Disney plus show, it's just, it's just titillating and simple enough. You know, there's a little bit of drama, but it's simple and everything works out. A little seven minute chunk. So I think right now that's our superhero comics. Yeah. And she asked me about these people and like, what's a bad guy. And does this person want to hurt people? And it's, it's very interesting checking out the, uh, the the morality questions that pop up even with the the simplest of superhero stories. Yes, yeah, like I got my stepdaughter into comics, so you're welcome.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, it's it's for me, it's kind of a a double edged sword because. I uh, I spent a lot of money on comics in my youth. I I, I don't anymore because I can't afford it. But mm-hmm. it's like I would love for my kids to to love something that I love. But I also don't want to give them something that they're going to spend a lot of money on. You know, mm-hmm. it's the, mm-hmm. it's a, it's one of those things that I don't I don't want them to get as bad as I did, where they're just buying stacks and stacks of comic books that are going to sit on their shelves for months before they even
2: read them. When mm-hmm.
1: you know, because as a parent, it's, you got better things to spend your money on. But, you know.
2: It's one of those things. Yeah. And also, it's just something to learn too, right? I mean, people have to learn those things. Yeah, exactly. And, and learn the lessons that we had to learn. I'm the same way. Like, I, it got to the point where, you know, in the third, I believe by the third record of Kirby Cracker, like maybe mid 2010s um i had so many comics that i was still getting that i wasn't catching up on because we were on the road and doing like 20 conventions a year It just like those things started to have an energy of their own you know? like i want to i want to read to digest not read because i feel like i have to right. keep going and so yes. that's definitely been a conscious choice for me since then uh, of what to keep up on and knowing that you know i can't keep up on everything anymore um but yeah yeah i, I think Eddie better though he's talking about music kind of put an analogy analogy forth with this saying that he goes, I want my kids to love Ramones, right? Like I want my kids to to love Ramones and Fugazi and the who, because that's what I loved. But also, you know, one direction and Ariane Grande are their who and Ramones. Like it's, it's from a different time. So like, what is, what is something that you can help them put their love into that is of the now. That's also a way you can do it. Have you ever drawn your own comic books. Uh, I drew I drew comic books when I was twelve for a long time. I was going to be I was fully convinced I was going to work for Image Comics uh, at twelve, which of course I was not going to. be. <laughs> but I I uh, I wrote a story in the Skull Kickers Volume One a, 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 um, compendium. Really? Yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with that book, Skull Kickers? Oh yeah,
1: I, I it, that was a, a book that I collected it was one of those books that i was buying off the rack yeah um at the tail end of when i stopped buying comics Mm -hmm. so i have i've never finished it and i keep meaning to so now i've got more of a reason
2: yeah it was a short story in the back about like this band of assassins so Mm -hmm. jim zub who's a friend he said hey you know do you guys want to write this kind of music themed thing and that was kind of fun and i'd never done that before so uh, yeah it was a cool opportunity to have
1: nice Nice. All right. Well, uh, we're coming up to the end of our hour and I know that you've got kind of a busy day today. Uh, is there anything you want to make sure that folks know about you, about, uh, what you've got coming out or what you have out now?
2: Totally. Thanks for asking. Um, people can find me on Instagram at Kyle Stevens music um streaming on twitch every day at three i'm sorry every tuesday and thursday at 3 p.m pacific time um and we're entering the sixth year of the kirby crackle fan club on patreon and so what i do there is i put out two songs every single month i've never missed two songs a month since 2014 2015 nice um so there's like you know 120 something kirby crackle songs that are on a record uh they're not all original songs some are covers some are eight bit versions of kirby crackle songs acoustic versions um weird stuff uh and yeah so we've got some uh best of that coming out in the near future and if you're into kind of like a nerd rock musical journal month to month that's what that is
1: nice that's got to be it's you know you were saying that they're not all originals which I'm going to say that would be a lot of pressure to, to put on yourself mm-hmm. it's like I have to make sure I write at least two songs and record them every month and that's got to be a lot of pressure
2: yeah for original songs it is and so I, I do like it's like one original song a month and either a cover or an 8-bit version or something that's a little weird um, try to throw curveballs at people all the time it's not for every fan of my music like some people are just fine to you know of course just check in on the albums and that's cool too but if you're if you're to be a part of the process in a different way or see how the how the soup is made it's a different way to check in on that
1: yeah what are your what are your tiers on patreon do you have different tiers
2: yeah we have different tiers uh there's basically it's two songs a month for four bucks and then there's the next level one where you can be part of a live stream and then um there's some other ones like 10 or 20 where you get like a google hang Um, stuff like that. So, and uh, again, those are maybe going to be shuffled around a little bit to kind of keep things a little fresh. Uh, but yeah, it's mostly about the the music.
1: I'm always looking for ideas for my Patreon. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when, uh, as a podcaster, there's not a whole lot that I can do, especially when you're the father of three kids and, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I do a, a special podcast just for them every week, every, every Friday, they get an episode of my other podcast. That's the name of it. Yeah. So, but I'm always looking for, I'm always looking for other ideas. I, I find it interesting to see what other creative types do and what they offer their folks. Um, Cause if I'm, if I'm able to steal something, I'm going to steal an idea. Yeah. That's, yeah. Awesome.
2: So, yeah. We're all here to inspire each other, right? And That's I think, right. And also, you know, like you said, like with three kids, there's, you know, I have one kid. I know there's a limit on my time. You know, there's, and, and, and what's the gonna, what's it gonna not be a have to and what's gonna be fun, right? Yeah. It's something that you wanna pump out. So that's why I always tell people when they start a new Patreon, I'm like, slow the roll a little bit. You can always add yeah. more. Yep, if you overcommit, exactly. that's not a good place to be.
1: Luckily, my kids are at that age though, where, cause the youngest is 15. So mm-hmm. they pretty much look after themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that means that when we get in the car, and i want to inundate them with the music that i like it doesn't matter because they've got their phones and they got their headphones on so they're not uh, listening to it anyway yeah uh it also means that when i leave the house they're not uh excited when i come home like they used to be i mean do you find when you leave the house and you come home your daughter's like dad's home
2: Um, you know do you get that it was before we were with each other all the time yeah i mean but i think in a weird way maybe even more because of just a constant presence i mean my wife, thankfully, still has her job, and obviously, my job is put on hold till who knows when. Um, so I'm the one who watches our daughter every day. Yeah. And uh, and then on actually Wednesdays for a couple hours, I can be an adult and uh, <laughs> and get creative. So she's around. She's with me a lot. Mom's the mom's the special one right now. But I know she's having fun too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right now, the only person that's excited when I come home is the dog. Mm. so i suggest everybody get a dog
0: because yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right well,
1: well hey man i really appreciate you doing this um i tell you what uh one thing i would always tell i i would always tell people about you is that you are a very friendly generous person mm. um i have used your music time and again on my podcast and you've always been really cool about it you know i email you hey do you mind if i throw a couple of your songs on an episode and you're you're always willing to let me so well thanks
2: man thanks for wanting to use it i appreciate that well they're great stuff thank you know you. so yeah thank you i appreciate you spreading the word and and no doubt. Uh, so people had fun today and yeah uh, today is not the only day they can ask me questions
1: that's that's true that was that was all a lie everybody you're ask Kyle lie. questions whatever you want He's always a, he's always available. Okay. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Um, All right, I'm going to I'm going to end the broadcast, but we'll we'll still be on for a minute. Okay, just
0: you. cool. Bye daddy. Good job. Ooh.